Hello and welcome to the Win Daily Show. I am Michael Raziel. I am here with my best friend, soon to be best friend, Nick, because he's going to make me a lot of money and I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to butcher it. Nick, how are you tonight, bud? I am doing well. I'm actually started off with a cold brew today. Kind of get the energy up, bring the show to a to a new level here. Go Blackhawks if the NHL ever comes back, even though it's a terrible year for them. But yeah, I'm excited. I've been doing a ton of projections, obviously, for 2020 football and doing a lot of uh, best ball drafts and regular season drafts on the NFC and the FFPC. If you guys are bored and need some drafts, that's a great outlet to go to right now because uh, the draft app closed, I think, after last season, which was a great best ball app. I think FanDuel bought them. Not sure what's going on there. But it's a lot of fun. keeps you sane, especially if you need a night away from the family or the kids, whatever. Just go on there, draft a team. It's just like you would with your buddies back home, but it's obviously online. But it's online, and we'll take it, man. I mean, my favorite day, especially, you know, that it's it's like right around Labor Day, so it's still the end of the summer. A bunch of us get together, we drink copious amounts of beer, and then we all draft, which is always the worst possible way to do it. Uh, so sometimes <laughs> I don't drink as much as I'm supposed to, but it's still the best. It's still my favorite, and I do thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And so one thing we really wanted to talk about tonight was quarterback. So this is going to be a, a weekly thing you and I are going to be doing. Sia might be hopping on. Uh, occasionally as well and we're going to be looking at tonight we're looking at quarterbacks and we're going to be evaluating some of them those first three tiers and what some of those deep sleepers look like we're then going to be moving on to running backs wide receivers and tight ends for the next four wednesdays we're just trying to pump out content for you guys trying to get you as educated as possible because i'm assuming everybody at this point would have had would have read nick's article on how to play DFS for NFL because he makes money and we want you to make money. And that's why we're here. We're here to help you win. That's the easiest part, right? So that's why we have people like Nick's why we have people like see if Jason ever uh, wants to do something too, he can, he's more than welcome to contribute on the content side, but I think he has a couple things that he's doing as well. So it is what it is, but yeah, I mean, you know, like how do you, when you like, let's start a little high level when looking at quarterbacks and the quarterback class in general and, and previous years versus projections for this year's, what are some of the key principles you really like to look at and pay attention to when deciding, okay, where you think you're going to find some value, where it's, it's good ideas to start taking quarterbacks. You know, we used to all take them in the first round, right now it's kind of a travesty to do that. So how do you kind of look at the evaluation process when it comes to drafting quarterbacks for your fantasy football league? That's a great question. So obviously this year, there's two that just stick out like a sore thumb. That's Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And they're going to probably be, you know, at least 20 points ahead of whoever's QB three, if not way more than that, especially last year with Lamar Jackson, pretty much being a running back. You really can't match that with anybody else in the field at the quarterback position. So for me drafting, I don't think I've done a draft yet where I've drafted Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. I'm just not going to pay the price for them. Their ADP is in the first round and the second round right now. I think Lamar Jackson, his ADP right now on the NFFC is 11.44. So that's right at the last round or the last pick in your first round of a 12-teamer. And then Mahomes is shortly after that, right in the early mm-hmm. of round two. I just look at it as what other skill positions are going there, especially with the way that I think the NFL is going is more this running back by committee style that we continue to see mm-hmm. grow a year and year and year. So that to me puts running backs at a premium. So if I'm passing on, or if I'm taking Lamar Jackson, how many RB ones that do not split carries or take at least, you know, 65% of the, the rushing share of a team's um, rushing market, 
how many of those guys am I losing out on just because I have to wait another 12 picks to go, if not more, because most of you guys probably do snake draft. So that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm not going to pay the price for Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, maybe for an auction draft. That kind of changes everything, and that those are a lot of fun. If you guys haven't tried one, I would definitely do it because you can kind of shape your team the way that you want it. If you want a guy like Lamar Jackson, you're going to get him. You just got to pay for him. But really, that, that's what it is for me is I just kind of, you know, use that Lamar Jackson theory right there. If I'm losing, if I'm picking Lamar Jackson, how many key players that could help my team be, you know, more solidified am I losing out on? And that goes round by round. And, and we'll kind of dive into that mm-hmm. here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that's the most, you know, I would say most people probably do go snake drafts. I've done a couple auction drafts. Some have turned out well. Some have turned out very unwell um for <laughs> baseball and football it's just kind of works but uh it, it's i don't know there's something about the snake draft there's something about the season sitting down and really kind of going over everything they are fun they're all i mean they're all fun it's fantasy football right like we are we're all gonna love it and that's just how it is gonna go so i guess let's dive into it we've already spoken about lamar jackson we've spoken about patrick mahomes a little bit i think it's a very obvious one too honestly i think you know, I know a lot of people are leaning towards Lamar Jackson. That's obviously why his ADP is a little bit higher. But I, I don't want to say they're interchangeable, obviously. But at the same time, I think you have one of those two guys. You're probably going to finish with one of the two best fantasy football quarterbacks in the league. Is there anything that would give you caution when drafting either of those guys, especially as high as you would be drafting them? I would just say to to drafters out there that you know they're they're gung ho on getting Lamar Jackson. That just be aware that they drafted J.K. Dobbins, and he's. I don't think they, they don't want Lamar Jackson to run that much. He's not that bad of a passer. He got better as the season went on. Hollywood Brown's healthy now. I think he had a foot issue last year mm-hmm. that he played through. And Mark Andrews, you obviously saw how much of a beast he was. That defense is so solid that people aren't going to score a lot of points on Baltimore. I just don't think I, – I have pr- Lamar Jackson projected for, I think, like 412 less rushing yards. Obviously, that's a big number, but I don't see him – you know, that team wanting him to run that much because he is their prized possession. They need him healthy. He really doesn't slide either. So <laughs> I'm sure the coaches see that if I could see that. So they, there's got to be a new scheme in Baltimore that kind of takes the wear and tear off Lamar Jackson's legs. Having said that, he's still going to be awesome. If you just put put his last year numbers at like 75% of the rushing capacity, he's still going to be a QB1 or QB2. But that's really my thing with Lamar Jackson. It's just I don't expect that rushing floor to be that high anymore, but he's still going to take off and run. That's just who he is. I think, yeah, I I completely agree with you. I do think he's going to run the ball. I think, you know, one thing, as you said, that defense is going to be pretty darn good. Um, 400 yards does seem like a lot of yards, but, you know, we'll get back to that in a second. I mean, their strength of schedule, very easy. Uh, Vegas forecasted schedule. So the strength of schedule based on the Vegas totals going into the 2020 season is fourth easiest and the defensive efficiency is in the top three as well. His MVP odds are six to one. So it's, again, he's up there. It looks like he's going to do pretty darn well, but 400 just seems like such a big, big number. Is that like, how how do you work your projections and how does how do you come to a number that, again, you, you that floor drops so significantly? So with what I'm working on, I'm taking all the market shares of offensive coordinators and head coaches and how their offenses usually project out with the last three years. So taking all those three numbers as my data table, if you will, 
it just doesn't seem like an offense that Baltimore wants to run is relying on Lamar Jackson for 50% of their rushing production. So that's why I have the number so low. I don't know what he ran for last year. Let's see off the top of my head. I'm sorry, but I should it's know okay. that by heart by now with how much I've looked at it. <laughs> but that's really what, what I do is kind of use the last three years as my data table and try to figure out what the common denominator is. And it just he, his year last year was an anomaly in my opinion. But again, it's who he is. He's going to take off running. But I don't know. I just, yeah, what did he rush for last year? Sorry, it's pulling up here. I think one thing, especially, the one thing I'm most worried about with Lamar Jackson is, as you said, he doesn't slide. If I was to take him that early, I mean, as we know in fantasy football, if you lose one of your first two-round picks, you're at a severe disadvantage. And if one of your first two-round picks is then a quarterback who then potentially gets hurt, it's not like it's a handcuffed running back. You can just throw in, it's like, oh, here, I'll put in RG3. And let him now run my team. It doesn't quite work like that. So that's the one thing I am worried about with Lamar Jackson is he was so he was ranked so, so low last year. The people who got him, it was kind of like Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago. Everyone didn't draft him in the first round. You start drafting Patrick Mahomes in the first round last year. And that's kind of where we run into the trouble of he gets hurt. And now your team's kind of SOL at this point. So uh, what are those uh, rushing totals for um, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, he had 1200 rushing yards last year and 176 attempts. So that's what I started. I always look at the attempts. If you look at a team's total attempts, they're usually going to be pretty close unless their defense was terrible. And that, you know, a team threw 200 times more than they usually would because of that defense, you know, kept them going back on the field because I kept giving up scores all the time. But Baltimore's defense is so solid. But yeah, 176 rushing attempts right now when I'm looking at my preliminary. So I'm still adjusting every projection as the days go on. But I have Lamar Jackson projected for 140 rushes. And so so that's 36 rushes down, 400 yards. Maybe I need to adjust that because that's a huge dip if you look at you know his average yard per carry. But I just, they're going to get Dobbins involved. They're going to get Mark Ingram involved. They still have Justice Hill. You know, that team's going to run the ball, and I think it's going to be with the running backs first this year. And the, the Gus bus. Don't forget. Rucker's proud, man. Oh, yeah. Gus bus. <laughs> they're four go. deep then. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Now, I'm excited to see what J.K. Dobbins does. Hate Ohio State, but always love watching Gus Johnson call his name. It is. There's nothing like it, man. I absolutely love it. So, Lamar Jackson, obviously, he was number one everywhere last year. He did what he did, and it was incredible. And a lot of people that ended up winning had him on his team again. They probably drafted him pretty late. And then he ended up being the number one fantasy player by a significant, significant margin, which, again, as I was bringing up before, Patrick Mahomes happened a couple years ago. People drafted him pretty late. Turns out, dude throws for 5,000 yards and 55 touchdowns. You're going to win. It's like Peyton Manning <laughs> a few years ago. You're just going to win with that. So how do you feel about... I guess these two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, as you said, like who else is going to be there within those top 14 picks? Because Lamar Jackson's average ADP right now is 11.4. So right around 11 or 12. Patrick Mahomes, 13.9. So right around that 14 position. Who Who's going to be there around those spots that, you know, it might just be a better, a better opportunity to grab one of those top tier wide receivers or one of the that second tier of running backs? Yeah, that's going to be like a, a Joe Mixon, I think. I don't know. I haven't checked out his ADP. I think he's going in the first round now. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be right around there. I'm not necessarily high on him this year. We, I think C is in the same boat. You're in the same boat. It's just it's going to be a wide receiver one or a running back one. It's not going to be McCaffrey. It's not going to be Kamara. It's not going to be Saquon Barkley. It's not going to be Zeke. But it's going to be a serviceable player that's probably not sharing time right now. I'll pull up the uh, – I have him right here. List. So okay. I have yeah. Aaron, Aaron Jones is 11.3. Uh, Nick Chubb, 13.5. Austin oh, Eckler. Nick Chubb, right there. Say Austin no more. Nick at Chubb 15, over these quarterbacks. 
Um, and then for wide receivers, we have Devontae Adams at 13, DeAndre Hopkins, 13.6, Tyree Kill at 16.5. So, so again, you know, as you, as we said, you're looking at one of the top four wide receivers, uh, or you're getting a running back one in Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler. If I don't think I'd take Austin Eckler that high, but it's just the opportunities will be there. I'm not going to fault anybody if they take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Again, we saw what they did. If they do what they do, you're going to have a very good chance at winning your fantasy football championship. And again, that's why we're here. We're trying to help you make money. But I don't know, man. I, I think I would agree with you a little bit, and I would probably stay away and probably look towards those running backs or wide receivers before we do start grabbing those quarterbacks. So moving on to that next tier, again, as we said, there's going to be some great players still available there that will be in your starting lineup. Moving on to that next tier, Kyler Murray, 46.3 average ADP, Dak Prescott, 51.2, Russell Wilson, 52.9 and Deshaun Watson 58. So it seems like in those 12 picks, we're going to have a nice little run on that second tier of quarterbacks. So when looking at these four, what are you evaluating? What are you looking at? And how do you feel about them moving forward? So for me, it's going to be the floor, really. If it's my QB one and it's someone I'm still paying a premium at because I think anyone in the top ADP under 100, you're paying a premium for a quarterback or let's say under 80 maybe under 75. I don't know. It depends who you are. I really don't value the quarterback position as much as a lot of other mm -hmm. people. But when I'm looking at the floor, like Kyler Murray right now is being drafted ahead of Dak Prescott. I don't really understand that. Dak still got a hell of an offensive line, ton of receivers to work with. I think Blake Jarwin's in for a big year at tight end. I think he's a skilled player. Then you got Zeke. I just think that Dak is so safe. Their strength of schedule is not too bad, right? They're kind of right in the middle. I think they're going to uh, be in a lot uh, of high scoring games. Mm -hmm. go ahead no and i was then, gonna say uh, looking at the cardinals strength of schedule it's kind of a medium vegas forecasted a strength of schedule 14 defensive efficiency 27 so a little more of a medium well uh for for the cardinals for the cowboys medium vegas forecasted strength of schedule nine defensive efficiency at 15 seahawks strength of schedule vegas at 16 defensive efficiency 31 and then the texans strength of schedule 21 defensive efficiency 22 so all of them relatively difficult Right. So that, yeah, I mean, Dak's probably the safest. I don't think Arizona's offensive line is ready to hold Kyler and Kyler's another guy that really doesn't slide. I mean, we want him for his rushing ability. Obviously Deandre Hopkins coming to town makes it, you know, a lot more exciting for Kyler Murray. He's going to have Kirk Larry Fitz, I guess is still there. Mm -hmm. And you know, Deandre Hopkins and Andy Isabella, whoever Andy else. Is, works, yes. Don't forget about else, Andy Isabella. <laughs> whoever else works their way into that five wide offense that Arizona's going to run. It's great for Kyler Murray. I just don't see myself taking him over Dak Prescott because Dak's so safe. He's always healthy. Same with a guy like Russell Wilson. Always healthy. But to me, when I look at Russell, you just look up his numbers. Every single year is just less and less rushing, and people still draft Russell Wilson as if he's a runner. Yeah, he could do it. He could avoid a sack with the best of them. But I think that was the second lowest rushing total of his career last year, and he's getting older. Great passer. I just – that's a run heavy team first, you know, so look at the offenses, obviously Kyler, they're going to be pass heavy. That's the way that Kingsbury runs things. Dak, I think a little more balanced, but probably run heavy, but I just think that Dak still runs the ball. So that's where I kind of like him a little bit more than Russell Wilson, but Deshaun Watson in this range here in this 50 ADP range, Deshaun Watson's going to be my guy because Again, I, I love that dude. He's such a competitor. He's a winner, and he runs a, a ton as well, and he's got great deep ball weapons, whether or not they last four games in Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, but if they do, that's great because you brought in Randall Cobb to take pressure on the uh, off on the inside. So anytime, you know, if that offensive line does stink like it did last year, I think Randall Cobb's going to be a great help because he's a veteran inside wide receiver. I think Watson's going to have a hell of a year with him. And then again, you know, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller on the outside, that is going to stretch safeties and open up the world for Cobb, Darren Fells, Atkins, whoever their tight end may be. They kind of shuffle them in and out. And then David Johnson as well, a perfect dump off candidate. And Houston's defense is bad, in my opinion. I don't see them stopping anybody. So, again, kind of play the game script theory here. If Houston's going to be chasing points in every single game, Deshaun Watson's going to throw and he's going to run. He's going to do anything he can to keep that team in the game because that's just the way he's wired. He is a magician, too. I love him and Russell Wilson, both of them. They're just so much fun to watch. And uh, I I agree with you. I would say Dak over Kyler, especially what Dak did last year. Still is not paid, though. That's uh, that's the one thing they still haven't paid him. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, just a couple, just a couple guys that'll be around in those average ADPs. So James Conner looks like he's going around forty three. Mark Ingram fifty one. Clyde Edwards Hilaire fifty one point eight. David Johnson right there fifty three. David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert both at fifty four and change. And then in terms of wide receivers, we'll be looking at uh, fifty eight. DK Metcalf, Adam Thielen. Your boy, 18th mm. overall at 49.3. <laughs> Keenan Allen, 51. Calvin Ridley, 53. Robert Woods, 54, 55. Tyler Lockett, close to 60. So I think there's definitely, as we were talking about before with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, if it's just a straight, hey, you guys are just drafting, let's go. It's one thing if you get Lamar Jackson at 12 and then turn around and have the 13th pick and can still grab one of those guys. But it's it's going to be difficult in this second grouping. I would agree with you. I'd probably go Dak, and if, if not, probably even wait for Deshaun Watson, depending on where I'm drafting in that category. So moving on, let's talk about that next tier. So this tier is actually kind of big. So uh, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in here. So we have Josh Allen, 73 average ADP, 73.2. Uh, Matt Ryan, 74.7. Aaron Rodgers, 78.6. Carson Wentz. 79.5, Tom Brady, 80.2, Drew Brees, 80.7. Um, we'll stop it there. So out of this, I guess we'll call this the third tier. I mean, if you're going in a 12-team league, that's the first 12 quarterbacks. They will all be your QB1 in, in most situations. How do you feel about this next grouping? And what are you looking at here? And how do you feel about Tom Brady at 80.2, but Drew Brees at 80.7? And just some of the weird things that are going on here. All right. No, this is, I think this is my favorite tier. This is when I would start considering buying a quarterback. Because like you said, when when you're talking about Russell Wilson, Dak, Kyler, Deshaun Watson, you were mentioning guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who let's assume is the RB1 in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have taken him in the first round if they didn't have big plans for him, in my opinion, because that team's not building for the future. They want to win again, and they could win again. They should win again, in my opinion. And then who else was left out there? Like what? And then David Montgomery, an RB one who's not going to get not an RB one in fantasy, but a the running back in Chicago mm-hmm. who's probably going to be on the field seventy percent of the time. I haven't projected for right around there. David John, like you're talking quality running backs, quality wide receivers, mm-hmm. and the those quarterbacks like Dak. Like, would you who would you rather have, Dak or Josh Allen in fantasy? Like that is a question in my opinion. And their ADPs are thirty point, you know, thirty mm-hmm. picks away or twenty picks away. Well, Sia would want Dak Prescott. I, I hope Sia is watching or listening. Um, honestly, I don't hate Josh Allen as much as Sia does. But, I mean, I don't really know. I probably would want Dak. But, again, at that 
price at Josh Allen's higher. part running back too. That's a good point. All right, that's a good point. He is the probably the biggest, tallest, strongest running back out there. I have to give him that. But no, you make <laughs> a good point because I do think that that is a pretty understandable argument. And again, just kind of looking at what some of these ADPs are like plus seventy, especially for running back. You know, we're talking. Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt, on Johnson, you know, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, for some reason, still getting drafted. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, in the that case for the wide receivers, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, Jarvis Landry, Hollywood Brown, you know, so so again, like there's, I understand, this would probably be the time I agree with you when I'd start looking at a quarterback, but there's still, you know, if you did go and grab Lamar Jackson, there's still going to be some talent for you to enjoy if you are coming down here looking for some of those skill positions. That's a great point. I never really looked at it from that lens. I just always think about who I miss, but, you know, I don't look at it about who I can make it up for. Like mm -hmm. this year, again, I, I've talked about it, written about it. I think David Montgomery is such a good value. If you can get, I mean, James Conner, too, at ADP 41, if you did go with Lamar Jackson, you can get Conner in um nick Chubb, you know nick chubbs going in the second round you probably can't get him if you do no. lamar jackson because you gotta most people are snaking it but there are a lot of solid running backs that go into that middle tier of quarterbacks those adps of 50 and stuff like that that we've been seeing there are mm -hmm. starters there but when we get down to guys like josh allen matt ryan aaron Rodgers, wentz there really are no clear-cut rb1s there so mm -hmm. this is when it's just it's a way i've always played it's been successful for me this is when I'm going to start to evaluate quarterbacks. And right now, out of these guys, 73 ADP when Josh Allen starts, he's probably my favorite. Matt Ryan, I don't know. I've never been a Matt Ryan guy. He's just so, like, it, I feel like his feet weigh 50 pounds each. Like, he cannot move at all. He's got a hose. He's got great receivers to throw to. But losing Hooper, I don't necessarily like that. I, I thought they had great chemistry. Hayden Hurst is going to be a talented player stepping in there. But, you know, chemistry takes a little bit. We don't mm. know what that's going to look like yeah. if they have a shortened camp. So I'm a little bit alarmed with Matt Ryan, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, man, this guy used to be QB1 in fantasy or drafted as QB1, whether or not he put up those numbers mm -hmm. is a different thing. I like him at 78. I think he's in for, you know, they kind of awoke a beast there by not taking a, a wide receiver for him to throw to him, but in fact, drafting his backup. So I don't know. I would never want to piss off Aaron Rodgers because he just, it's kind of like we're, we're watching this Jordan thing that just ended on mm -hmm. Sunday. It's like you find a way to piss that guy off. He's just going to go crazy. And I think Aaron Rodgers still has that in the tank. So I'd be fine if he was my QB one in fantasy this year. Yeah. Especially if you're getting him that late um, ninth player, ninth quarterback ranked uh, looking at, you know, at the minimum uh, this is an interesting column we have here with minimum and maximum. People are taking him as high as 47, but he's also going as late as 137. So that is just a gigantic disparity, I guess, depending on the league you're in. And how do you feel about players that are oft injured like a Carson Wentz? It's kind of almost an inevitability. You know, when is he going to get injured? Josh Allen, the last couple of years, has missed one or two games here and there. How much do you take that into account when looking at, well, maybe, you know, if maybe I will take Matt Ryan because he's always available. He's always there. Maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers consistently hurt. It feels like more than actually on the field. How, how often do you take that into account when uh, looking for your QB one? I don't, that's a great question. I don't really make a big stink about it because like, like we're saying, we notice it. These coaching staffs have to notice it. And you know, the Packers are going to look at it. We can't win unless Aaron Rodgers is on yeah. the field. So I, I trust every coaching staff to find a scheme that protects their quarterback unless it's just an offensive line that that's terrible. And, you know, potentially Houston's going to be that. I don't know. I think they improved a little bit, but 
for the most part, I don't really put a whole lot of thought into that because these coaches are out there to keep these guys healthy. Like with Wentz, I don't know, it's a freak accident when he tore his ACL on that RPO. He just dove mm-hmm. into the end zone and his ACL broke. Like, well, what can you do about that? I don't know. But Rodgers, I mean, broken collarbone, and then he had a knee issue, but he played through it. But obviously that when, when he hurt his knee, that wasn't the production of Aaron Rodgers that you mm-hmm. drafted. So it does. it is a very good question. I just don't really put a whole lot of thought into it because any single guy on this list can get hurt. It's football. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's something I try not to take it into account, but there are other – again, like as I was talking about before, I don't see myself drafting Lamar Jackson – in the first round because of the potential that he gets hurt is so huge. I mean, he is consistently running ball. As you said, he doesn't, he hasn't learned how to slide. Hopefully he does. I love Lamar Jackson. Watched a lot of Louisville, watched a lot of the Ravens the last couple of years. I'm all about it, but that's just one of the things that scares me. But I mean, then again, if I just take a different running back in that spot anyway, and he gets hurt, it doesn't matter. My team's still SOL at that point. So <laughs> exactly. It, exactly. It's so, so, you know, you really can't take it into account too, too much. And I mean, just a couple that I wanted to point out as well. You didn't really touch upon them. Tom Brady at 80.2 overall, minimum of 47, max 124. Drew Brees at 80.7. Essentially, they're being drafted one after the other. Of these two 900-year-old quarterbacks, who are you looking at that you think has the better opportunity, has a higher seal, higher ceiling moving into the 2020 fantasy season? Oh, for, for sure. I would take Tom Brady 100 times out of 100 over Drew Brees here. One, I think the Saints are such a run-heavy team now, which is weird to think about, but that's kind of the way they adapted, and it works for them. They're a great team, but... Bruce Arians loves to throw the football. This is kind of a guy I was diving into hard when making my Tom Brady projection. I mean, he just spits out quarterback numbers. I think 2017 was a down year. That was when um, Carson Palmer got hurt, and then they brought in like Drew Stanton. I don't know. It was it was a mess. But over the last four years, the quarter, the starting quarterback out of an Arian system averaged 4,500 yards minimum. So that's great. That's kind of right around Tom, Tom Brady's average, but he's been going down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the touchdowns are there. I mean, this team is built to throw the football. They brought in Gronk, Godwin, Evans, Scotty Wa- or What's his name? Scotty. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Scotty. I don't know. He's a little slot receiver for Tampa Bay. I like him a lot. When uh, Godwin moves to the outside, he kind of comes in there as well. I don't know his name. I should know it. He had a, a big DFS week once last year. I think I played him too. But <laughs> I just remember you, that. So you he, made me money last year, so yeah. I need to remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. If you're listening, I... Uh, I'll get it. I'll get it right next time. But come on know. the show. Come on the show. And Nick and Nick and I will will praise you a little bit. How's that sound? That's right. Yeah, perfect. I'll, I'll reach out to him. But last year they threw for 5,100 yards and Jameis was just throwing it everywhere. And so I don't see them throwing for 5,100 yards last there this year like they did last year because that defense is better. I like this defense. A lot of people, you know, um, that we've talked to on this show think that their defense is terrible. I think they're much better than they were last year. I just don't really see a running game out of them, and Brady kind of dumps the ball. He'd prefer to pass to a running back than hand it off. I think he always wants the ball in his hands. But there's just so many weapons in this offense. I don't really see that in New Orleans, especially when it's just going to run through Kamara and Michael Thomas, and then you're obviously going to get your gadget plays with Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill, and that takes away from Drew Brees too. No one is going to take snaps on this Tampa Bay team besides Tom Brady unless Tom Brady needs to come out of the game because they're up or down 30 points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I actually, last night on the show with Sia, we talked about some prop bets that we really liked, and I actually liked Drew Brees under 4,049, I think it was, 4,049 and a half. Uh, So I took the under on that because he hasn't hit 4,000 yards since 2017. 
we're all still drafting Drew Brees at least the last couple of years as if he was that guy that threw for 5,000 yards consistently and had 700 attempts. Not quite the same thing anymore. He's still an incredible, incredible quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Just another couple of things about this. Uh, the strength of schedule for both sides. Tampa Bay Bucks at about a medium rare. Vegas strength of schedule is at 11th, 11th overall defensive efficiency at 9th. So really nothing too crazy. Uh, except the Saints medium well. They're, they're, they're cooked a little longer. Vegas strength of schedule 23, defensive efficiency 23 as well. So they're going to be going up uh, against tougher defenses, uh, stronger strength of schedule. We'll see what happens there. I would agree with you. I'd take Tom Brady. Give me one more year. Let's see what happens. Now I don't have to root against him. I'm kind of rooting for him a little bit too, which is kind of weird. But I'm excited for it. So maybe I'll grab him in a league. But I think, again, these top 12 quarterbacks are your, your top 12 quarterbacks. I don't think it's really a question. Maybe something really weird happens. Maybe Jared Goff finds something. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger reminds everybody what he's capable of. Kirk Cousins. It's just Drew Locke is one that I'm I'm really high on. But after these 12, I, it's safe to say that they'll most likely be your starters week one, barring something really, really weird happening. Moving down to that next rank, that next tier, we have Daniel Jones at 90.7, Matthew Stafford 92.4, Baker at 95 and then we have Jared Goff at 100.8. How do you feel? I mean, at this point, we're essentially drafting for backup, right? I mean, there might be some diamonds in the rough, as I said, with with Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe someone is crazy and, and grab a couple quarterbacks already. But what are you looking for in this next tier of quarterbacks that's essentially going to set up as your, your QB2 moving forward in your 12-team league, most likely? I would go with upside. So it's going to be, you know, check your bye weeks if you're drafting Brady and he's got a bye or if he's, you know, playing a team where you think it's going to be a very slow paced game. Something I like to do before I draft is I kind of look at the quarterbacks and this is what I do for my projections too. I kind of go week by week and make my own total for that week based on what we know right now. But obviously I'll adjust it as the season starts and stuff like that happens. But you can kind of figure out who's, you know, and this is what the strength of schedule and the defensive, uh, Defensive efficiency, a lot of uh, Fs there kind of slowing me down. But that's something that I like to do is find quarterbacks that, A, their defense is bad and they're going to be on the field a lot. So you get a lot of upside there because more passing attempts because they're playing catch-up. And then system, someone that just likes to chuck the ball a lot. So like Baker Mayfield, we all wanted him to be a thing last year. You know, you just read Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, whatever, and you just assume he's going to have a big year. They got uh, Stefanski in there to play offensive coordinator who came from Minnesota, who is the most run-heavy team in football last year. I think that they're going to start relying on the running backs a lot more and taking the pressure out of Baker's hands. So I really don't like Baker a whole lot. He doesn't really run. You know, he's just got name value. I think, you know, he'll probably go higher than ADP 15 or QB 15 once drafts actually start rolling up because people just want Baker Mayfield to be a thing. I get mm-hmm. it, but learn the systems, guys. It, it's a big edge on your opponents, especially in your friends' leagues and all that. Guys that don't put this much time into it, which is fair. You know, everybody's got their own thing going on. But really, long answer longer, it's, it's upside for me. Like, if I find you know, Aaron Rodgers playing the bears and the total is going to be like 41 points that week. I give myself an option. If I have a QB two with upside, that's maybe going against the Houston Texans or something like that. You can kind of eye it out when you think you may need a backup quarterback to roll in and start. But for the most part, I don't really get cute with it. I just let my QB one be my QB one, but there's a lot of talk about, you know, two quarterback leagues are growing on me. I, my home league is a two quarterback league. I absolutely love it. Have you played one of those yet? I have not. I've only played in single quarterback leagues. 
I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun, especially if you're watching Red Zone and, and all the games mm-hmm. on Sunday on different screens, whatever your thing is. It just gives you another game that you're going to be interested in 50% of the snaps because your other quarterback's in it. So mm-hmm. to me, it makes the the viewing aspect a lot more fun. And that's, you know, this is when these guys are really going to come into play, those two quarterback leagues, because for the most part, it's not going to be that hard to pick a backup or you could just play the waiver wire in a QB1 league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, again, I love the way you're thinking about it. it think of upside. Baker Mayfield, probably not going to be too much upside. As you said, Stefanski was very run-heavy. It was practically Gary Kubiak's offense, but still, that's kind of the system he wanted to run. Anyway, I'm sure there was some acceptance there. And also, don't forget about, you know, it was Dalvin Cook in Minnesota and, and Alexander Madison, who I know you're a huge fan of. But I think most people, let's say 10 out of 10, would pick Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt over Dalvin Cook and some guy, let's be honest. So I am very excited to see what that offense looks like. They br- did bring in Austin Hooper, so they have him and Njoku now. They're planning on utilizing both of them because I think they had the most two tight end sets as well last year in, in Minnesota. So I'm not looking at Jarvis Landry really too much. I'm not looking at Odell. I'm not looking at Baker. But I am definitely checking out those two running backs, which I think is really interesting, and we'll see what happens there. Daniel Jones, as I was saying to you, his strength of schedule is awful. 31 uh, based on Vegas totals, defensive efficiency 29th. So I am a big Giants fan, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be able to do what he did last year. The offensive line still not great. Yes, I want yeah. Saquon to be healthy because watching him is the only thing I can enjoy on Sundays because he's incredible. But other than that, I'm not super excited about him. Jared Goff, we'll see. Not very excited about him either. Strength of schedule, 26th. Defensive efficiency, 30th. There's just some weird ones. I think if there is one, let's let's move down the list a little bit. We're going Ryan Tannehill at 105. Ben Roethlisberger, 107. Joe Burrow, 113. Jimmy Garoppolo, 114. Kirk Cousins, 118. Again, looking at upside here, who like, I think Ben Roethlisberger is kind of underrated. 18th overall. I mean, do you think Ben Roethlisberger is you know, six drafted spots higher than Joe Burrow, who we don't even know what that offense is going to look like, who the wide receivers are. If AJ Green wants to suit up this year, how do you feel about him? And what are you looking at again, kind of that deep into the draft? No, you stole it out of my, uh, stole the words right out of my mouth there. I would a hundred percent be okay. If Ben Roethlisberger was my starting quarterback in a one quarterback league. So if you wanted to completely punt the position, don't freak out because you could wait till what round 10 11 12 give or take for ben mm-hmm. roethlisberger depending on how the draft flow goes but mm-hmm. yeah man well why are people down on ben roethlisberger this guy has put up numbers every single year he's healthy he's always going to miss a game or two that is big ben or he's going to mm-hmm. play through it i don't know how his injury recovery skills are still you know going to be at this age but you know that dude's a gamer and they i love their receiving core james Conner's going to be a stud as well i i just i love this offense they produce fantasy points all the time and yeah, Ben, ben Roethlisberger, he's incredibly underrated, like you said. I just don't get how he's QB. Like, why would someone take Tannehill over him? Exactly. Why would you take, why would you take Matt Stafford over him? I kind of like Stafford, actually. I'll get into that maybe a little later. But like Daniel Jones, that offensive line's terrible. Most of his fantasy points last year were because he took off running. He had a couple rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. and, you know, some fluke games where they couldn't stop anybody. So he had to throw the ball 50 yep. times. I, I think Ben Roethlisberger is an absolute steal at QB 18. I, I totally agree, and I do have to come in defense of my quarterback. The only the only quarterback that's had more 30-point games than Daniel Jones last year was Lamar Jackson. So not the total picture, but All it's right. definitely a cherry-pick <laughs> statistic that I can work with and say, hey, maybe there's something I can do there, and we'll see. I need I need some sort of happiness in my life, dude. you got to give me something. So For sure. I, for sure. I, I, I totally agree with you, though. I think Ben Roethlisberger is criminally underrated. I don't think Joe Burrow should be going that high. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo – 
is going to need to throw the ball considering they're going to be the same team. The defense, if is if it's not as good, it's going to be just as close to the offensive line. Oh no, they lose Joe Staley. So let's bring in another potential hall of famer in Trent Williams. We'll see what he looks like. Of course, with kind of sitting down a year because the Washington Redskins are just the worst. See, I hope you're paying attention. Kirk cousins. I don't know. Again, it's going to be super run heavy, but I think, you know, that next tier is where it starts to get a little interesting. Um, I'll kind of lump some of these guys in just so we can talk, talk some uh, now. I actually can't do that. It's too far, but Kirk cousins, 118, drew lock, 120, Philip rivers, 129, Sam Darnold, 133. So there's still starting quarterbacks on an NFL team, right? Like these guys will play. I think drew lock also criminally underrated, especially with all those wide receivers they have there. I know you're a huge, huge fan of Phil rivers. I don't really like Sam Darnold. How do you feel about this? I mean, we're now in what, like tier, six of quarterbacks and you still have the potential these guys are there's still potential that these guys will put up points and these guys will be service above average for the entire fantasy football year i'm 100 phil rivers so in my two qb leagues i'm 100 getting him in all of them he's gonna just there's no love for him at all people don't realize how terrible that offensive line was in la last year at this dude throws for 400 or 4,500 yards every single season. I think, you know, people look at Frank Reich like, yeah, he's extremely run heavy. I don't necessarily believe that. I think Rivers is going to have a lot of input on this offense. They have a great wide receiving core when healthy. I love Phillip Rivers. Drew Locke, I like the upside there. I just don't know. They seem like a very run heavy team as well when I kind of delve into the numbers and Fangio's defense is going to be stingy. So I really don't see people scoring a ton of points on Denver. But obviously the same thing could be said for Indy. I don't think anybody's going to score on them. That defense is awesome. But I think Phil Rivers, he's that consistency. You know, he's always going to give you 16 games. The dude's never gets hurt. I never liked him in his career, but he is, you know, he's an Iron Man. He's always on the field. You kind of need that. And especially in a two QB league, you really can't have a, your QB two go down. But I'm 100% fine if uh, you're in a two QB league and you go get Phil Rivers at QB 23. Like, how is Kirk Cousins going over him in mm-hmm. QBX offense? It's never going to pass that much. That's just not the way they do things. They run that zone scheme and just pound the ball down your throat. Grappolo, same thing with mm-hmm. Shanahan. Burrow, I, I could see the upside. We don't really know what to expect, but I don't think their offensive line's ready to protect him and really unleash him. And like you said about the receivers, who the hell knows who's going to suit up for them? But yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. Is just Phil Rip, Philip Rivers just sticks out like a sore thumb here at QB twenty three. If you're in a two QB league, or if you're just waiting for your backup, wait for Phil Rivers. Maybe Drew Locke as well. Darnold, I don't think Darnold's a bad player at all, and, and that defense isn't anything special. I think they're going to be playing catch up a lot. So Darnold should have a better year. I think he's going to have a good career in the NFL. But yeah, I want nothing to do with Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins. I'll just say that. But mm-hmm. I'm all for Philip Rivers. I'm cool with Drew Locke, and I like Darnold. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not super high on Darnold. I Adam Gase, man, I don't know how he got that those jobs, but you know, kudos to him. I'm not trying to take away someone's paycheck, but one thing that we were doing before that I think you know was probably a good idea to continue to do is just kind of look at some of the other positions and where these guys are going. So between 100 average draft position of 100, and I think we're right around 140 ish right now with the quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. give or take, right around 140. So. Philip Lindsay, James White, Sony Michelle, Darrell Henderson, Tariq Cohen, uh, Alexander Madison, Jordan Howard, Tevin Coleman, Tony Pollard at 129. That's confusing. Latavius Murray, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Boston Scott. I mean, 
I would much rather one of the quarterbacks in this tier than be searching for my second running back at this point. And then for wide receiver, it's a little different. I think wide receiver is a little deeper, but Will Fuller, 101, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Darius Slayton, Jameson Crowder, John Brown of Buffalo, Marvin Jones, Henry Ruggs at 121. That's an interesting one. I'm excited to talk about these in the next couple of days too. Manuel Sanders, Mike Williams, McCole Hardman. So like at this point, uh, Justin Jefferson at 149. So that's an interesting one. At this point, if you're looking for a running back, you're kind of SOL. This is who I want my like fourth running back to be at this point. I'd be okay with taking a wide receiver here. Hopefully the third or fourth wide receiver as well, but I'm cool with taking a quarterback. As you said, Drew Locke at 120 overall average draft position, Philip Rivers 129. I mean, they're obviously not going to do what Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are going to do, but that also means you grabbed one of those running backs up at the top of the draft, right? That means you're grabbing guys, hopefully along the lines of, you know, uh, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb at that point. So how, I mean, Again, looking at that aspect of it, the way you're, how are you looking at these drafts right now? And obviously, of course, it's how the board falls, but looking at, you know, who's still going to be available, especially in like this sixth tier of quarterback, how are you kind of envisioning some of these drafts playing out, especially for yourself moving forward? Yeah. So if, if I'm in my two QB league, this is when I'm getting my second quarterback because you kind of have to, you, yeah. as you can see, there just goes on a run right now and I'm not going to pay up for two premium quarterbacks. I may not get one. I'll kind of wait till that Aaron Rodgers, Wentz, Josh Allen area for QB one. If not wait for Roethlisberger and pair him up with Philip rivers. I just think guys like this, these quarterbacks that we mentioned, they're good for 15 points a game. And that's not sexy mm-hmm. when you're going up against Lamar Jackson's 30, but what if you get a guy like Zeke Elliott who's going to put up 30 as well, and then your quarterback gets you 15? That's kind of the the trade-off yeah. there. You know, you get that 45 points combined, but what is Lamar Jackson and your RB1 going to do? You get 30, and then maybe your RB1 is a guy like, let's see here, Kenyon Drake or, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I'm just spitballing yeah. here, Todd Gurley, who you never know if he's going to be healthy, Melvin Gordon, if he's going to split time with Lindsey like it. That's where I, it's, I just stress the fact of getting a bell cow running back this year because it's kind of a dying breed. But the only other name that I would potentially take over a quarterback here from the running back position, there's tons of wide receivers you lifted off, but Alexander Mm -hmm. Madison, you touched on him earlier. I think this guy, you know, this is pretty much where you start handcuffing your running backs, but Mm -hmm. Madison, I would draft solo. If I don't get Dalvin Cook, I would still draft Madison because I think he's going to have such an important role in this offense. And if Dalvin Cook ever does go down, you know, hopefully not knock on wood, but Madison's going to be an absolute beast. I can't really say that about guys like Jordan Howard on here and, and Tevin Coleman. They're like, he's like one of five in that running back committee mm-hmm. there. But that's kind of the way I look at Tons of upside at the wide receiver position. I'm excited to talk about receivers when we mm-hmm. do our ADP rundown here in a couple of weeks on them. But it's just it's not sexy. It's handcuffed city, and that's about it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm okay with taking a, a quarterback or a wide receiver here. I'm not excited if I'm still looking for uh, running backs. And so moving on, essentially we're at the rest of the quarterbacks now, right? We're at 20, we've done 24. So if you're in a two QB league with 12 teams, hopefully everyone has their two QBs at this point, but most people don't even play two QB league. So I think everyone's going to be fine with their one and their two. Now it's starting to get into a really funny, funny spot. So I actually did pump this list out to 36 just to make sure we included Jared Stidham and kind of where (laughs) he's looking. But I mean, just, 25th uh, ranked quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater at 149, Gardner Minshew, 153, Derek Carr, 159. 
Then it's a huge drop off to Tua at 182, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic at 187. Cam Newton is still being drafted in the top 200. He's not on a team. Dwayne Haskins was <laughs> god awful last year, 216. Tyrod Taylor at 218. Nick Foles at 33. So that means there are 32 better quarterbacks and he's a starting quarterback. How interesting is that? At 219, Jameis, who's a backup at 243. Justin Herbert, 244. Jared Stidham, 248. I mean, these are the rest of the guys. There was a couple more. I think Mitch Trubisky was like 39th somehow on this list. How do you look at these, just kind of the rest of the guys? Granted, there's 100, 100 different, um, 100 draft positions between them, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Jared Stidham. How do you look at any of these guys? Again, now we're really bottom of the barrel when it comes to potential. And, and some of these guys are literally not even on teams like Cam Newton at this point. Is there any guy out there with upside? I think maybe Derek Carr. He did have a lot of yardage last year. That kind of impressed me, but I think that team's going to be a run-heavy team as well. Expect big things out of Josh Jacobs this year. But Derek Carr's got some weapons. He's got speed. Henry Ruggs is there. Maybe they connect for a couple deep balls. Like It's a matchup thing. Like I would definitely play Derek Carr in season long, the the games that they're going against the Chiefs, because you know they're going to be a shootout. Perfect Mm -hmm. DFS play that type of week. And then, you know, maybe in a dynasty dynasty draft, you could take Tua because obviously we mm-hmm. all want him to succeed. He's fun to watch, especially at Alabama. Man, was an absolute stud, such an accurate passer. Probably not going to start at Miami for a couple weeks, if not the whole season, if they're smart. I just don't think that team's ready for him, and they're not ready to protect him. They obviously need to protect him. So I don't know. There's no one I would touch. Like Cam Newton, I think he's done. I hope I'm wrong. I, I love watching that guy play, but I just I haven't seen it in a couple of years. Nick what Foles, about like, yeah, yeah. Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew wasn't bad last year. I mean, I w- I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he was incredible, but he was, you know, he had his weeks. He had his moments. I think, I mean, I think there was that Minshew magic. Of course, we all kind of love that media hype, but I, I mean, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I think he was above average last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was certainly serviceable. He ran a lot too. So that that's pretty good. Again, this is like, these are the guys that you're going to have to keep your eye on if you got an injured quarterback or something and probably just spot start them. So, I mean, Minshew, you could do worse than him. I think that that defense is going to give up a ton of points. I know that's all they drafted in the draft, but I don't see these guys just molding into a strong defense right away, especially when it clearly seems that they're tanking for, I can never think of his name, the guy out of Clemson. I don't know Trevor how Lawrence. I, yeah, I've watched college football too. I don't know how the hell I forget that all the time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be Minshew's job all season long. He's going to, you know, play for a contract somewhere else because he's probably done when they get Trevor Lawrence. But I think you could do certainly worse than Gardner Minshew. I personally would rather have Derek Carr, and he's going a couple picks later. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I guess you could always spot start him in a game that you think is going to have a very high total because that dude will just chuck the ball no matter what. You know he's throwing for 300 yards, maybe three or four picks, but he's going to throw for 300 yards. Maybe that's three or four touchdowns ball. too, though. So that's, All, you know, yeah. that's the other side of that argument. And he runs them in. Like that dude's yep. got fantasy value. People score points when they play Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think the millionaire maker early in the season last year had him. So he is fantasy relevant to say the least, I guess. But Dwayne Haskins, I think that team's going to be very run heavy. Haskins doesn't run the ball either. I don't see the value in him. I wish he was a lot better because I love Terry McLaurin, but we'll see. We'll see how they, you know, another season under the belt helps him out there. Tyrod Taylor, I want nothing to do with anybody on the Chargers offense, including Austin Eckler. Sorry, Austin Eckler truthers, but I'm out on that whole team. Which sucks because I love Keenan Allen too, but mm, oh well. Me too. Nick Nick Foles, I don't think it's that bad of a play if you had to spot start him. I just 
can't figure out the Bears' offense to save my life. Nagy mm-hmm. refused to run the ball last year. This year, I think he's has to run the ball. Like clearly, other coaches in the the film room and everything can see this. Like, why is Tariq Cohen starting the game and running a one yard gadget play and getting right. stopped? Like, they start every single drive off second and nine. I hate that. Jameis Winston would be a stud if he got the starting position, but again, New Orleans is pretty run heavy in my opinion. Herbert. I don't think he'll see the field until midway through the season. And then Jared Stidham at 36. I think this is just the fantasy community saying Jared Stidham is not going to be the start of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like why, why don't we believe it? I don't know. I don't see cam going there. It doesn't really seem like a bill Belichick move to have cam there and, and have a running QB. I guess cam probably can't run anymore with how injured he's been, but I don't know. It's just funny to see that Stidham's clearly like right now he is the QB one in new England and, guys that aren't even on a team are getting drafted before mm-hmm. backups are getting drafted before he is like, it's just very <laughs> confusing to me i mean justin herbert and tyrod taylor both went before him now i i don't know he played what like that one snap last year essentially i know it was more than that but he he, he came in against the jets when they're up by like 21 or like 20 throws the pick six immediately they just take him out and they say no we're not doing this so it's just very interesting to me that that is definitely one that if I have, if there's nothing else on the board, which there probably should be, and I also assume that his number is going to go up a little bit. I mean, the minimum people are drafting him at is 116. So, I mean, you're talking significantly, significantly earlier around, you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo would be drafted around the, the 20th rank, but maximum 411. So obviously he's dropping significantly. Uh, wide receiver and running back, we did not pump out to... 240 so uh, i don't know oh but we have some tight ends tight ends going around when jared jared stidham is getting selected and i'm excited to talk about this jay sternberger 214 gerald everett 232 kyle rudolph 233 david and joku 256 cameron Brait 264 so there's still there's some people around him in terms of uh wide receivers or i apologize around uh tight ends but Jared Stidham would be a sneaky one that, you know, if he's still on the board and it's one of your last two picks, even if you already have a quarterback one and two, maybe I just scoop him up just in case. Cause you don't know, you don't want to bet against Tom Br- or Bill Belichick. What look at me. Don't want to bet against Bill Belichick all that often. No, I a hundred percent agree. I think this is a perfect area of the draft where if you completely punted tight end, you could probably get a serviceable tight end or if you draw, I don't really ever draft two tight ends, but if you had two of them, you kind of just mix and match best based off uh, matchups. You can get someone like that, but yeah, Stidham, I would never draft a third quarterback unless it's a two QB league. But like you said, I wouldn't, ne- I will never bet against Belichick. I still to this day, I won't do it. Anytime that I had a make a betting decision with the Patriots, I'd always side with him just because that's my golden rule. I've lost to him too many times in weird ways. I'll never do that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think none of these guys are really going to get drafted unless you're in a two QB league or something dynasty related. And again, I, I mean, maybe Herbert, like he's supposed, he does have a big arm. He just throws it anywhere. He kind of, he reminds me of Trubisky a little bit when I watch his Ooh, tape, but yikes. yeah, but he's, you know, he's a more polished college starter than Trubisky was. I think Trubisky only started like nine games or something like Carolina or mm-hmm. not many more than that. I don't know. Don't fact check me there, but 13, there you go. So I would take a shot on Herbert and like a, um, in the dynasty league, same with Jameis. Jameis had a uh, 243. Like Drew Brees isn't going to play much longer. And you know, if I think that this is kind of a test run with Jameis, how does he fit with the system? They'll probably extend him if they like him, and if he likes it there, if he's cool with sitting on the bench, obviously he signed there when he could have signed somewhere else and been a starter. So that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Just more so, what type of draft are you in? But 
I would rather just take shots on young wide receivers with upside at this spot because you you know what you're getting out of guys like mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Dwayne Haskins, Tyrod Taylor, probably even Nick Foles. You you should know it's not going to be anything special. He's more of a game manager, and that's probably why they brought him in because Trubisky just throws the ball everywhere. But that, that's kind of my quarterbacks in a nutshell. I I think to to recap. I'm personally waiting because I don't see many bell cow running backs left in the NFL. Maybe there's nine of them. I think I have as a bell cow quote unquote on my mm-hmm. projection sheet. So that's, that's really what it's about for me is what running backs are you passing up on? If you reach for your quarterback with a guy like Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Kyler, Dak, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson, those guys mm-hmm. are going pretty quick. And then other than that, you could wait and get a lot of good players that we touched on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. And I can't wait for you to help me win. Um, it's not even the money. It's just beating my friends. That's all I want to oh, do. And, you know, yeah. that, that's what it is. Yeah. I'll take the 500 bucks, but it's really all about just, just shit pumping them and, and making sure that they know here is actually, um, if, if anyone out there is watching, or if you can see, this is my, uh, engagement shoot. And I brought my fantasy football trophy with me to the engagement shoot. And, uh, that's why I'm the luckiest man in the world. Kate is pretty damn cool that she allowed me, not really allowed me. I was going to do it anyway, but she was <laughs> fine with it. She thought it was funny. She got in the picture. So I appreciate her there, but Nick, this has been fantastic at it. It says it right there at sticks picks. Nick is incredible. Make sure to join the discord. You can go in and just ask him questions as you see fit. If you have any fantasy football questions, any fantasy baseball questions that should be hopefully coming sooner. Uh, so we'll have some more content on that moving forward, but excited to do this next few weeks. We're going to be talking. Uh, obviously we did quarterbacks. We're going to be touching upon running backs next week, wide receivers, and then we'll finish it off with tight ends, giving you guys a couple four extra hours, give or take some stuff to enjoy some ways to get better and obviously you know check him out on the internet check him out everywhere on the website as well all of our stuff is free right now when i was when nick left me for those four minutes i just kept reiterating the fact that everything was free join the discord hop in but nick man really appreciate your time today night yeah thanks michael i really appreciate you having me as well i had a lot of fun and guys if you're bored like i said go do some best ball drafts or some season long drafts on these uh these online providers here that allow you to do it it's a lot of fun and it's a good uh change of pace from just sitting and binging netflix every night i love it good stuff man all right everybody we will see you soon thank you all thanks michael